You are now listening to the Author Circle Podcast with Robin Robbins, author, certified life and book coach, and speaker. Tune in every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur struggling with your startup business due to lack? Lack of resources, lack of support, lack of money, lack of knowledge, lack of confidence. If so, Tanise Chaver's debut, Pray for Rain, a guide to building your business with little to no money is for you. Get your copy today and follow her as she talks about opening her salon sheer bliss hair lounge and spa and teaches how you too can overcome these barriers to still win but as she tells you get your armor ready you don't win without war hey everybody it's coach robin here and we are absolutely so excited thank you so much for joining us we cannot wait to get into this. We have a very special guest, and this type of book is definitely new and different for our audience, so I hope that it empowers you. Well, without further ado, we are going to jump right in. From an early age, Spears' mother and father encouraged her that she was going to be a CEO. Nina has since served as a YMCA summer camp counselor for over nine years and presently serves as the 2018 YMCA Birmingham's Give Campaign Phase. Nina is a newly licensed attorney, a four-time published author for her Howard University Honors Thesis and two University of Alabama School of Law papers, with one being published in the Harvard Journal on African American Public Policy, and now her newest publication entitled Dear Future Lawyer, an intimate survival guide for the minority female law student. Nina is a proud African-American and Indian mentor, speaker, and giver. She always tells her message with truth and authenticity. Everybody, go ahead and give it up for Nina. <laughs> Thanks, Robin. It's so great to be here. And it's kind of it's shocking kind of reading or listening to the story again just to know, hey, you did that, all that by the age of 26. <laughs> yes, that is amazing, so amazing. So, Nina, first things first. Uh, kind of, you know, tell the audience a little bit about why you felt the need to um, put your journey inside of a book. Why a book? So I thought to myself when I was going through like the rough patches of law school, hey, I need something, anything to kind of help me get through because no one's really answering the phone when I call. And when they do answer the phone, they don't really know what to say except for, you know, I think you can do it. I feel like you can make it. 
And that just wasn't enough for me. I needed some tangible words to hold on to. And I did something, you know, crazy. I started recording, you know, words that I would say to myself to try to encourage me. And I realized that when you are reading for law school or you're reading for class, you don't read in the, you know, the outlines of the pages or in the white space, hey, you can do this. Hey, keep going. Hey, you got to finish. Hey, you know, there's a little bit more time left, but it's okay because somebody's been there before. So you're really reading from the perspective of I've never done this before. And a lot of people don't get the encouragement they need when they're reading the law books. So I thought to myself, why not write a book? Why not write something that encouraged people and that they had to read, but they read it and it helped them get through law school as opposed to it was something they had to read for class or they had to read to get, you know, an assignment done. And it spoke to me because we read so much in law school and having something that's an encouragement tool was just a necessary step for me to take. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. That's good stuff, Nina. So talk to us about your journey. How was it once you decided, once you felt the need for this thing and you're like, look, this is really needed, you know, once you realized how much it was needed and how much it would make an impact for those who were in law school, what was the process and the journey like of, you know, coming into authorship? So that's a good question. The best answer I can think of, because there's so many different paths I took in law school. You know, there was path of, like, almost flunking out. There's the path of, you know, finally figuring out how to make my first A. Um, But the biggest path that I learned was that true inspiration comes when you are vulnerable with your story. And I realized that the more that I tried to hold it together in front of my classmates, the more that I tried to pretend like everything was fine and that no one struggles in law school, the more harm I was doing to myself. And I say that, you know, with a caveat, you know, I'm not saying go and, you know, write a tell-all book every single time you're going through something, but I will say there's something to be said about going through a journey or a path of I'm about to flunk out of school. I'm having trouble with this. I didn't pass the bar exam on the first time and saying, you know what, I'm going to tell you it anyways, and I'm going to tell you what I learned because in that, in those moments of like ultimate failure where I felt like my world was ending, I found some encouragement. I found some answers inside, internally, and you can't do that if you're so afraid of people knowing the truth, you're so afraid of people knowing you failed something, you're so afraid of people knowing anything about you. So I said, you know what? There's a kid out there like me. There's a girl, there's a guy out there like me who is going to experience this. They're going to be on their, their last leg. They're going to feel so, incur- so discouraged by law school, by this negative thing that happens. They get a, a, a minus or they they, they get a C-plus, or they get an F. They get their first F in their entire life. And the only person who can say anything is someone who's been through it. And that's what what led me to is that if you haven't been through it, if you never had that, you know, no 
thrown in your face, you don't know exactly what to say to people. And when you have, it's a lot easier for people to listen and plug in because they can feel what you felt because they see you. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. So now you know I've got to ask you this. We've got to dig into this title. All right, Dear Future Lawyer and Intimate Survival Guide for the Minority Female Law Student. Oh, you know we have to go there, you guys. <laughs> the Minority Female Law Student. Speak to that. Why, you could have named this book anything, right? Mm. It could have just been Dear Future Lawyer, you know. I mean, you could have really named this book anything, but you really got specific. Speak to that. What was your heart space when it came to coming up with the title? And, and, and why is this so important for you? So this may be an unpopular opinion, but we read enough about all lawyers need encouragement online. I wanted to speak to the girl who was like me. And that might be unpopular because the girl who's like me might not be you. You might not look like me. You might not be a minority female law student. But I wanted to speak to her this time because I don't think very often in this profession, if you read, read any of the literature about minorities in law, minority females in law, that we get something catered specifically to us. When we read a lot yes. of law articles, we read a lot about discrimination. We read a lot about, you know, having troubles at work, barriers, feelings, and all those things that I just didn't want to harp on this time. And a lot of women, even women now, have reached out to me saying, have you experienced this type of, this type of negativity at law school for being a female minority law student? And I didn't want to write something that didn't cater to that, that didn't speak directly to the person that I was, that didn't speak directly to the person that looked like me, because a lot of the times we don't. We don't talk about it. We just kind of shove it under the rug. We don't even go into depth about it in school and class in general. And we are lost, our voice is lost in the classroom. We're just told to, you know, duck our head down and not really, you know, do anything until you, get, you, until you graduate, and then you can go back and make change. But there is a female minority law student right now struggling, maybe with depression, maybe with the fact that they've never had a lawyer in their family. Maybe they're just struggling in general to get through law school, or maybe they're at the top of the class and they're still struggling. That's who I wrote this book for. That's who I wanted to see you know, what's going on in their life. Because if you don't, you know, cater your audience to something specific, if it's always about all people all the time, you miss people. People get That's missed. Right. They get dropped through mm-hmm. the crack. And I didn't want to write another book about all people because I think that if we focus on some people that we can start, picking people out of the cracks. We can start listening to some voices that don't typically get heard. We can start listening to their stories and hearing their stories. And maybe, just maybe, they'll be encouraged to tell their own story, which is the big, big premise behind the book is that there are so many minority law students who don't tell their story because they're afraid. They're afraid of the repercussions. And I didn't want any minority law students to be too afraid to share their stories that could help another person, that could help change this whole profession for the better. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. So let let's 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 stay in this space just for a second. Let's could you specifically um could you at least give us two things, at minimum two things that you have witnessed that has happened as far as, you know, with minority um female students in law. Could you at least name two things that you're told to kind of like just put your head down about and not voice your opinion? What are the are two biggest ones that you're, you often hear from others? I can, give you, I can give you more than two, but the biggest one, I think it's not even really two. It's really don't speak up for yourself. Like don't talk back to authority. Don't say anything that's going to get you in trouble. Don't make any waves. Just, you know, focus on graduation. And I have seen that so many times in law in general. There are things that maybe as a female minority law student you experience. You might experience harassment at work. You might experience somebody treating you like a sex object. And guess what? You are told, you know, that's just the way they are. That's just how it is. Just, you know, keep your head down and do what you're supposed to do. And once you get into a position of power, you can do something about it. That's not, wow. that's, not what we, that's not what we focus on in law school. That's not what we should be told to focus on. But a lot of the time that stuff gets swept under the rug. And if you look at what's been happening in the world and what's been happening in life, this has been happening to women for a long time. But female minority women experience this at a very high rate, and they're silenced so much for some of the things that they speak out on. If they are, if they are belligerent in class for speaking their opinion. They are seen as a negative. But if someone else speaks up in class about something they don't like or something they did, you know, discuss, they're, they're advocating for themselves. It's just the terminology of keep quiet. Just keep right. that mindset behind how women and female minority women at that are told to keep your head down long enough for you to get into a position of power to make change. And I don't believe in that dialogue. I don't believe that women should be subjected to that when they are a female minority law student and they already have a lot pressed against them. They have their own internal battles in their personal life. They have their professional battles in their professional life. They have kids, and they have their own battles within their family to try to break free. This battle of keep your head down, keep quiet, has been silencing minority law student women. It's not helping them find their voice. them have less confidence, and when they're less confident, they enter this profession with so many insecurities. They enter this profession not believing in themselves, and when they get out mm. there in the world, look to other people to try to confirm and help and, and guide them, but they don't necessarily have those tools because they've been told for so long, that's just how it is, that's just how it is, that's just how it is, instead of being told that's not how it should be. Aha! Uh-huh. And that, wow. that's, that's what we should be telling our female minority lives. This is not how it should be. This is not how it should be, and you are the person who's going to affect that change. We don't tell them. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You guys, are you guys hearing this? Oh, wow, wow, wow. So what's another one? What's something else that you, you have either, you, either you've experienced or just people you know or people that have come to you? 
um, you know, what's another one that's really, really big? So far, you, you know, you talked about, you know, um, you know, the silencing the voice is, is, is pretty much overall, but specifically toward like, uh, you know, speaking up for yourself or sexual advancements or harassments. What's another one that you have witnessed or that you've seen that you really want to see a change in? Um, this one's also going to be unpopular, but it's the common misconception that female black lawyers, teachers, judges, professors even, are inept or uneducated or people believing that they are superior to them just for the simple wow. fact that they've seen someone who looks like that doing that type of job, automatically assuming that I'm a student when I walk into a courtroom instead of the lawyer, um, automatically assuming that, you know, I'm the secretary or somebody else instead of the, the lawyer, somebody assuming that someone is a, uh, a a client instead of the judge. Those types of things are happening on a, a large scale to to female minority law students, and that is what is taking away from their pride and their joy in the profession because people have these misconceptions of in in, in superiority. It's really a superiority complex, but it but behooves them to believe that black women, Latina women, they cannot be the people who are in those jobs. There's no way they got that job over them. And that's mm. not, it's not fair, but it's seen in how they talk to them in the courtroom. If you watch if they, how they operate in the classroom, how they disrespect teachers who don't look a certain way because they didn't expect those people to be teaching them and to be in charge of their grades or to be in charge of how their case falls or to be in charge of how that client agrees with whatever the terms are of the plea. Those are wow. amazingly, you know, they're, they're fresh. They're right there in your face. But you don't really want to believe. You don't really want to believe that that's what's keeping people. That's what's keeping them from getting things done. But the way that we have this backwards thinking of I've never seen you before in this profession or I'm not used to seeing you in this profession, so I don't have to respect you, is it's so riddled. It's so, you know, distraught throughout the profession that I sometimes just sit kind of ashamed to see some people that have that mindset and that treat people with that level of disrespect. Wow, wow, wow. Mm. Whew, whoa, this is heavy, y'all. <laughs> this is definitely heavy. We definitely got to, you know, see a change and, and see a shift. But, you know, it takes people like you, Nina, <laughs> to say I'm not going to be silenced and I'm going to expose it. And guess what? Not only am I going to share my story, but I'm going to write a book. <laughs> and I'm going to share it with as many people as possible and hope to see change um, in, the, in this industry. You know what I mean? So I salute you. I commend you. I just think that's absolutely phenomenal what you're doing. Um, let's, I want you to reach out really quickly to the aspiring lawyer that may be listening to this, you know, someone that has toiled with 
and thought about actually going to law school. But as you spoke of earlier, there are no lawyers in their family. They, they don't know anything about it. Whatever the case may be, what two gems of wisdom could you give them um, if they're seriously thinking about considering law? So the biggest one I can tell you is uh, basically the opposite of what I got as a kid. Don't don't be a lawyer. A lot of people say don't be a lawyer, but they don't give you any reason why. I'm going to tell you this. Be a lawyer if you wake up every day wanting to, one, make a difference, and two, you want to work specifically in the field of law to do that. And I say that, you know, it seems really simple when you think about it, but don't be a lawyer if you watch Law and & Order and that's the only reason because it just doesn't turn out like that. There's a lot you're going to have to go through. There are a lot of compromises you're going to make, a lot of sacrifices that you have to have in order for those types of cases to happen. They can happen. I know people where that's actually their life. They live it. They're on TV. They're the lawyer of choice for that person that you read about in the news. But that doesn't always happen, and you can't live entirely for those moments. You have to focus completely on do you want to make a difference and do you want to do it in law because there are so many fields that you can make a difference in. Law is only one of them. Law is only one avenue. And that is what I wish somebody who told me, don't be a lawyer, had told me. Because who knew that I would be writing a book? Who knew that I could write the book that could actually help somebody get through law school? That's something that I wasn't even thinking about until, one, I failed the bar, and two, I had to think of other options and other ways for me to be useful in this world. So that's the other caveat I will give you. Yes, you can go to law school. Yes, you can take the bar exam. Yes, you can pass. But that does not mean that you have to focus solely on that one skill and there's no other skills that you can have. And that's what a lot of people, they, they get it into their mind that they can only be one thing. You have so many skills. You have so many. But if those skills are being sacrificed just for you to be a lawyer. You're going to be miserable for a long time. Aha! Wow. And no one ever told me that. No one, no one actually spoke to me and really told me, hey, you have other things that you bring to the table. And that's what I want everyone to understand is that being a lawyer is one job. It is not the only job. It is not what you're going to be forever. You're not going to be happy in it forever. There are plenty of lawyers who practice for 20 years and then do something else. They completely shift. There are people who do law for one year and then completely change directions. So do not be afraid to use every skill you have in order for you to become a lawyer. Don't just think law is it for me. Just that's, that's, don't think law is it for me because there are so many things, good things about being a lawyer. But the only way you're going to be successful is if you use every single one of your gifts. That's Absolutely. I mean, that's not just good for people that want to do law. That's good for life, period. It's called scalability. <laughs> Listen, I love that, love that, love that. Okay, Nina, so um, what's, what's next for you? What do you have coming up that you are excited about or what is it that, you know, you're getting into that you are excited about? So I am excited to announce that I have my first book signing. And the funniest thing is 
it is done completely. I don't. I didn't have to pay for anything. The books were paid for um, by a donor, and I'm going to Hale County, and I'm signing books for about 20 kids. And when I tell you it's probably the coolest thing in the world to be that person that, one, writes the book, but then, two, is invited to come speak for school, and 20 kids get a book just because somebody said, you know what, I believe in nothing, your message to go ahead and buy these books so these kids can get this, this book signing because they need to meet you. They need to be around you. They need to be in your, in your space. Absolutely. That is, that is so fascinating to me because I have been, you know, down on myself. I've been looking down at, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm not sure if this book is really going to inspire that many people. I'm not sure, but I hope it does. And when I got that book signing, it really confirmed a lot of things. One, there are people out there who believe in you. And those people who believe in you cause you to continue to shore up that belief in yourself. And when I accepted that book signing, I got book feature offers, I got, you know, article offers, I got podcast offers, I got invitations to conferences. Those things came right after I started, you know, relying on other people to give me some of the uh, feedback that I knew was coming, that I knew was on the way. So I got my first book signing. It's happening this Thursday in Hale County. I'm very excited. Um, you probably will know about it later, uh, but it's happening in November. So this month um, there will be some press release and ad about it, so please be on the lookout for it. Um, there will be tons of pictures and videos uh, from the event. But the biggest thing that I have coming up is that I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm available to speak. I'm, I'm here, Alabama, and there are people that are inviting me to conferences, and I'm invited to little small book clubs. And that's the big thing that I have coming up is that I am literally finding people who want to read my book, want to talk to me, who, not, who are not just in law, who want me to come speak. And those are big things for me because I want this book to make a difference. But more than that, I see people truly touched by the book, and that does a lot. That does wonders for me. So. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So really quickly before you go, can for the aspiring author, there's always one that's like, oh, I want to write a book. No, I'm not sure. Yeah, but I really want to write a book. What would be one gem that you would give to the person that's looking to actually write a book? Uh, my big message, <laughs> don't write a book. Write, write your story. It's way more impactful than a book. If you just write for the purpose of being published, you're not going to write anything worth publishing. The reason why I wrote Dear Future Lawyer is because it started off as a letter to myself. So just start writing your story, the story that you want to tell, the truth that you've been waiting to tell. It's not just start writing. It's more stop writing for the purpose of publication. It's coming. But you have to write from your heart. You have to write to somebody, write to something, write for a passion. It has to have a purpose. And there's something bigger when you write for the purpose of what it is. Like if you have a journal, just write something down in that journal to a future self or future you and direct it for a passion, for a purpose. 
when you just write and you're just like, I'm just trying to get published, you're not writing about anything that you're passionate about, and you will always fall short of writing when it's not something you are passionate about. You have to find something that you are passionate about. Don't write the book. Write your story. Aha. You know, write Absolutely. that letter. Write that letter to that person that you've been wanting to write and see it come to life. That's when you'll that's when you'll see a book. That's when it'll it'll happen. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. We often talk about that a lot. Um, we call it writing on purpose. So absolutely, we concur and agree with you wholeheartedly there, Nina. Let everybody know where they can uh, connect with you and where they can purchase the book. So you can connect with me on at Dear Future Lawyer on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, you can also connect with me if you want. Hit my personal account. It's at Nina, N-E-E-N-A underscore R-A-N-I, Ronnie. Um, but the biggest place that you can get the book is at ninathelastbrand.com or on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million online. You can get those on most online retailers right now. So, you know, go ahead and, you know, plug it in your, in your phone. You have a Google uh, search ad, so just search it out on your phone, and you should be able to find Dear Future Lawyer within minutes and get yours. Yay! Nina, thank you so much for joining us. We truly, truly do appreciate it. Hey, you guys, if you didn't catch that, don't worry. Listen, all the social media links and website links will be in the show's transcript. So if you didn't get a chance to catch that, no worries. You can go ahead and um, click the links that will be readily made available in the show's transcript. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, this has been an amazing, amazing Friday evening as usual. You guys enjoy your weekend, and we will see you again and see you soon on the next episode of the Author's Circle Podcast. Are you always running late, feeling overwhelmed and anxious because you've waited until the last minute once again to finish a project? Are you piling on more projects when you haven't finished project number one? Sounds like you have the classic traits of a procrastinator. Procrastination is a dream killer. In the ebook, Everything They Won't Tell You About Procrastination, Arthur Shar Halliburton gets personal and explains how procrastination delayed her from pursuing goals and dreams. Get the nine steps to slay the curse of procrastination. Go to bit.ly slash kick procrastination now and start your journey to recovery. Thanks for listening to the Author Circle Podcast. Insight, interviews, tips, and tools for readers and the aspiring author in you. 